What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 57 of WFS, the Will Ford Show. It's great to have you in on a Tuesday. Uh, the weather is getting really cold across the across the United States. I actually have a two-hour delay from college tomorrow, which is, you know, I never, you know, usually colleges don't cancel school. They don't delay. They don't do anything like that for any kind of weather unless it's just absolutely extreme. And tomorrow we're supposed to have a high of like two degrees, but the wind chill was supposed to be like supposed to make it feel like negative 30 it's going to be absolutely insane uh really for the rest of this week and as far as temperatures go Uh, so i'm on a two-hour delay which means my first two classes tomorrow are canceled and then my third class of the day isn't until one um but i'm going to go in a little bit beforehand because i've got some stuff to do for orbit media um, I made my first sale as sales director for Orbit Media this week. Um, very excited about that. And this week I'm going to go in and tomorrow's my plan is to go in and basically record the what we call underwriting. Uh, rec- record that underwriting message and put that in the in the playlist and hopefully that will get aired next week. I'm really excited about that. and. You know, it's. I'm just I'm just really excited about about everything that's going on right now, and I'm glad to be back this week on a Tuesday. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Um, so obviously we've got Super Bowl Fifty Three coming up next week on Sunday. Uh, we're gonna have Tony Romo and Jim Nance on the call. So Tony Romo is gonna be in a Super Bowl, but not in the uh, in the way. I would have liked anyways being a Cowboy fan. But he's going to get to call the game. And he's probably the best play-by-play commentator as far as broadcasting goes. And like in the game right now across all sports. Or not play-by-play. Did I say play-by-play? I met color. Best color commentator across the board. Definitely in football, but really you could argue across all sports. Uh, as far as color goes, although that's kind of difficult to to kind of measure across sports, I suppose. But we've got the Patriots taking on the Rams, uh, and you know there's some stories going into this Super Bowl. You know whether or not it's going to be Tom Brady's last game, is it going to be Rob Gronkowski's last game, Bill Belichick? Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about the Rams being in. Should they be in? Is the Super Bowl tainted because the Rams got in on a call that, or on a non-call that should have been called? Really, the probably the most tainted NFC Championship or really game in NFL history. Um, and the NFL still has yet to really make a make a statement on that. Um. But Nikel Roby Coleman, the guy who made that hit at the end of that game on that, basically that play that was a non-called pass interference, ended up getting fined. But he made some comments about Tom Brady earlier this week. Um, and obviously he's taken on, he's 
you know, he's been in the news as far as this, this pass interference call, but now he's in the news for kind of going at Tom Brady. And this is what he said about Tom Brady, quote, age has definitely taken a toll for him to still be doing it. That's a great compliment for him, but I think he that he's definitely not the same quarterback he was. Uh, movement, speed, velocity, arm strength, arm strength, he can still sling it, but he's not slinging it as much. Whatever he was doing because of his age and all that, he's not doing as much of that anymore. He's still doing the same thing, he's just not doing as much of it. And sometimes it's not the sharpest, but it still gets done. And then... You know, going at Tom Brady like that, that's not a smart move. He's the greatest of all time. He doesn't care. What, I mean, he doesn't care what anybody says, but he's going to go out there and, sh- and shred whatever defense is, is in front of him. Like the Eagles beat the Patriots last year in the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady threw for over 500 yards. Threw for over 500 yards, and they only lost by a less than a possession. One, a one possession game they they lost by Tom Brady is going to he he destroys any defense that's in front of him uh Roby Coleman then went tried to go back on his comments when talking to ESPN's Josina Anderson uh and he said quote I think well I think everybody just made a big deal out of the situation Tom Brady's a great quarterback I wasn't trying to say nothing bad about him. I respect him as the GOAT. He is the le- he is the legend, and I think words got misconstrued and they got spinned out of context and quote uh no, those didn't those didn't get spun out of context. Like you said that you know Tom Brady's lost his step. He can't do the same things that he used to do when he, he won the MVP last year at age forty. I mean the guy's the best quarterback in the game right now. He's the best quarterback of all time. And right now he's saying he doesn't he's not planning on hanging up hanging up his cleats until the age 45. That's his goal. He said there's no chance this is his last game, win or loss. And I believe him. Tom Brady's not going to just make a snap decision and go back on that. I would get I would get these comments if this was like an Aaron Donald or Ndamukong Sue, Akeem Talib, I mean even Marcus Peters. I would get it because those guys are great players and they're superstars and they've kind of earned the right to be, uh, I guess, trash talky ish, but. Nikel Roby Coleman right now, the only reason we know his name is because of that non-called pass interference. It's the only reason why his name is relevant and it's in the news. Otherwise, we wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about Nikel Roby Coleman. I mean, no offense to him, he's not a he's not a bad player, he's a decent player, but he's not a an Aqib Talib, he's not Marcus Peters, he's not Aaron Donald, Sue and some of those other guys on defense that are good. I mean, he's just not a top-tier player. He's one of those just decent players in the league that is sometimes nice to have on the roster. So the only reason why he's in the news 
and we're talking about this is because he's the one who committed that play. He he did admit that it was pass interference and he was trying to just keep him from catching the ball and he was just trying to take the penalty and move on. But that's the only reason why he's in the news right now. Um, and then, like I said, Tom Brady isn't planning on retiring after this season. He plans to play until he's 45. He said there's 0% chance he retires. And then Rob Gronkowski, uh, he's going to mull retirement again. And this time around, I think he's actually going to retire. I think his body is just too broken down. It was pretty evident this year that that he just really couldn't keep up physically. He was injured for really the better part of the first half of the season. And then just really wasn't the same player when he came back. Still had some nice vintage moments. But he's certainly not a guy that you can rely on for an entire season anymore. I mean, he barely plays half a season now. He's got issues with his back, his shoulders, his elbows. I mean, pretty soon he's going to have problems with his knees and and other things. I really do think this is going to be Gronk's last game. The Patriots have proven before they don't need Gronk to win. Um, I think I think this coming Sunday they're going to need him, but they've proven before that they can they can win without him. Um, but yeah, I think I think Gronk's going to retire after the season. Body's too broken down. He's not the same weapon he once was. And then it'll it'll be time for the Patriots to either go after a new tight end in free agency, draft a guy. They've got a ton of draft picks coming up that they could use on a tight end. And then we'll see. But um, as far as this game goes, um, my prediction is the Patriots. I'm going to pick the Patriots. I think it's going to be a semi-high scoring game, not super high. I think it's going to be in the mid to high 20s. Um, I'm going to pick the New England Patriots 28-24 to 24 over the LA Rams uh, just simply because of Tom Brady. That's plain and simple. If he can go into Arrowhead, cold environment, you're on the road, you don't have as much talent on either side of the ball. Well, really, their defenses weren't really much different, but offensively, you're at a significant disadvantage compared to the Chiefs. And to be able to go in and win, I mean, that says a lot about how Tom Brady can just elevate people and how some of these players, although they're aging, can elevate themselves in the in the big moments like Edelman and Gronk. And, and even Philip Dorsett has even proven to be kind of a weapon. He's had a couple touchdowns over the past couple weeks in the playoffs. Um. The Rams are really talented. They've got a great coach. Sean McVay is the second best coach in the league behind Bill Belichick. And then Tom Brady is just the greatest quarterback in the league. And then I would say Goff is a mid-tier quarterback. I would say he's maybe on the, in the top half of the league or right in the middle or just on the outside of the top half. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. I think he's just got a great amount of talent around him that makes him look good. Um, and actually, Sean McVay and Bill Belichick 
supposedly they've been texting each other um, after pretty much every game this season. They've been texting back and forth. Not quite sure what's the topic of those discussions. Probably just advice. It's pretty ironic that Bill Belichick would be giving advice to another coach and then they end up playing in the Super Bowl. Might have shared uh, one too many secrets. It's funny. He doesn't want to share his secrets with Josh McDaniels. And he doesn't want to groom him, but he's going to talk to Sean McVay, who's already a great coach, and he's going to give him insight on really how to be a better coach and get to the Super Bowl. And it's ironic that they're both playing now in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Brady's going to get his sixth sixth title in nine tries which is just incredible. He's played 18 seasons and half of them he's been in the Super Bowl. I mean, just think about that. And 72% of his seasons he's been into the AFC Championship game. That's that's otherworldly. Three consecutive seasons going to the Super Bowl. Man, Tom Brady, world's greatest American, man, world's greatest American. But I'm going to take the Patriots 28-24 to over the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, all right, so that's pretty much all I got for the NFL. Uh, it's really all not much going on. The Pro Bowl finished up this weekend, the, the AFC won. 26 to 7. Um, NFC really couldn't do anything. Dak Prescott had the only touchdown pass for the NFC in the fourth quarter to Austin Hooper. Um, it's really, I got to say, I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Pro Bowl. I do like the skill stuff they do. I think it's much more engaging for the fans to watch. But I, the game itself, it needs to be. It needs to be made just like a flag football tournament. Like a, you could do like a seven-on-seven seven flag football tournament because they already don't make tackles in the Pro Bowl. As soon as you get even just the slightest bit tapped, they're going to blow the whistle and it's done. As soon as they touch the quarterbacks, it's a sack. That doesn't really make it enjoyable. I would rather do a seven-on-seven seven flag football tournament I th- and you... Maybe you have some of the top vote-getters be captains or something like that. Or maybe you just divide it up however, like just randomly, I guess, and just fill it out based on position and whatever. But I think that would be a much more sellable product than the Pro Bowl, which still a lot of people go to because it's football. But I think a 7-on-7 tournament, that would be really, really nice. And I would certainly watch that. I think that's much more fun, much more entertaining. Plus, you you combine all those other events, all the other skills challenges. I think that's a brilliant idea. And if I had a, if I had to say, if I was on that Pro Bowl committee or whatever, I would pitch that because it's really boring just to watch a football game where, you know, 
four tackles were made the entire game. So, and I think they eliminated the kickoffs in the Pro Bowl game, if I'm not mistaken, because I watched some of it, and I don't remember seeing a kickoff. Maybe there was, but I don't know. But seven on seven, that's where they should go. All right, so let's shift over to the NBA. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here. I don't. People may not agree with this. At face value, people are probably gonna be like, "Whoa, what are you talking about?" But I think the more I talk about it and the some of the stuff I provide you with, I think it's gonna make more sense as I talk about it more. But I think Paul George is now officially Oklahoma City's best player, like better than Russell Westbrook, his best player. And there and Paul George is the cornerstone that the Thunder should build around for the future now, not Russell Westbrook. Now I'm not saying trade Russell Westbrook. I don't think Russell Westbrook's tradable, especially with his contract. I don't think he's tradable, but I don't think he's a guy that you build around now. I think you build around Paul George. And if you just look at the numbers, Paul George is averaging 27 points a game. Russell Westbrook is averaging 22. Paul George, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 1.5 turnovers, and a 23.9 player efficiency rating. Whereas Russell Westbrook, 10.8 rebounds, 10.7 assists, so he's averaging that triple-double, but I think that's overrated. I think he's padding his stats. That's not in the flow of the game. That's him not playing defense. I mean, he gets two steals a game as well, but I just think that that's just his hunger for stats. Oh, I misread something. Paul George is is averaging 2.6 turnovers a game, not 1.5. And then Russell Westbrook is averaging 4.5 turnovers a game. So pretty much double. And his player efficiency rating is 20.2. Just on that alone, I mean, I would say that Paul George is having the more efficient and and better season. And he's an MVP candidate right now. And then if you go to some of these other statistics like shooting percentage, Paul George is shooting almost 45% from the field. He's shooting 40% from three, 83% from the free throw line. And if you look at Russell Westbrook, he is shooting 41% from the field, 24% from three, huge dip down, 65% from the free throw line, and that's just absolutely atrocious. And then, I mean, if you just look at that, Paul George is the far better player. I would consider Paul George a top 10 player more than I would Russell Westbrook. I mean, 65% from the free throw line. He used to be a 80 plus percent free throw shooter. And then last year was down to 75. Now this year it's 65. To me, that's not physical. That's not anything about your shot. I think that's just all up here. I think that's all mental. I don't know. 
And then, and then the 24% from three, he is not a great shooter. He's never been a fantastic shooter. He's always been good in the mid-range and in and driving to the hole. But three-point shooting has never been a strong suit. But 24% from three is just absolutely terrible as well. And then the efficiency and the turnovers, it all skews towards Paul George. I think this is pretty clear and obvious that Paul George is is the guy of the future for Oklahoma City. He's the guy you're going to want to build around. And if you look at the at the at the numbers with Paul George on the court and Russell Westbrook off and then vice versa, Paul George is much more effective. He's got a higher plus minus and Russell Westbrook's I believe is zero. Zero plus minus plus minus with Paul George off the court. And with Paul George on and Russell Westbrook off, I believe he's plus seventeen. So that right there, that alone shows that they're a better team with Paul George out there and Russell Westbrook off. And Paul George is just really the better player overall. It may sound crazy at face value, but when you dive into those stats, look it up. Look it up. I mean, those plus minus numbers were, uh, I saw those a little bit ago, like a, a while back. And when I say a while back, I mean like a week or so ago. So they're pretty recent. But I just think, I think just the big thing with Paul George and Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook pads his stats tries really hard to average that triple-double. Whereas Paul George is just having more of an all-around impact. Doesn't care about the stats. He's just out there getting buckets and balling for his team. All right. So really big news in the NBA this week as Anthony Davis has now requested a trade out of New Orleans. He does not want to be a part of the Pelicans anymore. He's in his seven seasons. He's only made the playoffs twice. And you know, that's just not going to get it done. And I don't blame Anthony Davis for wanting to get out of that. It's a small market. It's a team that was, an expansion team 20, 30 years ago. And really it's a team that a lot of people would argue shouldn't even be a team. Uh, it's not really a basketball town. It's a football town. That's that's the, that's Saints country right there. But Anthony Davis has requested a trade. He was actually fined for making his public, making his trade request public. Rich Paul, his new agent, with Clutch Sports, same uh, agent as LeBron, uh, he made the trade request public, and thus Anthony Davis was fined fifty grand for that. Um, but right now, the odds to land Anthony Davis, the Laker, Lakers are the favorite. Celtics right behind, although the Celtics can't trade for him this season, and we'll get into that in a minute. 
Um, the Knicks are really interested. The Bucks are interested. Um, obviously, a lot of teams are going to be interested because it's Anthony Davis. The only thing is, Anthony Davis, there's reports that say Anthony Davis would prefer to go to the Lakers. And if that's the case, and he's not going to re-sign in New Orleans, teams are going to be hesitant to give up assets for a guy who may not even re-sign with the team the following season. And if the Lakers are the favorite, right now they're in the driver's seat as, as far as a deal. They're the only one that can really make a legitimate offer for him this season. They could wait until the offseason, that's possible, but right now they're the only team that Anthony Davis is interested in. And that really kind of, it forces the Pelicans to kind of only focus in on the Lakers. They can't really, no other team's going to talk to them. Um, As I said, the Celtics can't trade for, uh, for Anthony Davis this season. Uh, due to how their their salary cap is constructed and stuff like that, uh, the only way they can trade for him right now is if Kyrie Irving was included in the deal, and Anthony Davis wouldn't want to do that. He said the Celtics were off his radar because he wasn't sure if Kyrie was going to resign, and so the only way that Anthony Davis can get there with Kyrie is if they wait until the off season to resign Kyrie. But I don't really see that being very likely. I think it's more likely that Anthony Davis is traded to the Lakers this season and Kyrie signs with the Lakers in the offseason. Kyrie and Anthony Davis are good friends. Kyrie has expressed interest in playing with LeBron again. That seems way more likely than the two of them playing on the Celtics. And if we want to look at some trades, I wrote down some trade, possible trade scenarios. Uh, We'll start with the Knicks because they're the least important and there's more than likely not going to be a deal done. I would imagine that the Pelicans would want Kristaps Porzingis in return for Anthony Davis, but I don't think the Knicks are going to do that. Um, So let's look at a deal without Porzingis. I would assume... They would get Ennis Canner, Frank Nitalikina, and Kevin Knox, who's a really talented young player. Um, and then the salary would all match up to get Anthony Davis. And then obviously the Knicks are going to have to throw in some draft, some first round draft picks uh, to be able to kind of sweeten that deal. I don't think that that deal obviously is not going to get accepted. Other teams can make far better offers. And. If the Knicks were going to include Porzingis, I would probably take out Frank Nidalekina and put in Porzingis, Kevin Knox, Ennis Canner, Picks. Then I think that deal would work. I think I think the Knicks would rather pair Porzingis with Anthony Davis, but that's not going to happen. And I think they would trade Porzingis for Anthony Davis if given that opportunity. I don't I don't know if the Pelicans would accept that. Porzingis is a really nice player. 
really good, a great player, but I don't know if they're going to accept that deal. The Celtics, like I said, they can't trade for him this season unless they include Kyrie in the deal. If they were to include Kyrie, the Pelicans would get Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown. Probably a draft pick as well. And then the Celtics get Anthony Davis and each one more to even out the salary. I think the Pelicans would certainly do that deal if they're getting Kyrie Irving. Although there's no guarantee that he would resign, so I'm not sure if they would actually. And then Anthony Davis wouldn't want to resign with the Celtics without Kyrie there. So I, that deal seems very unlikely. However, if they wait until the offseason, if he's not dealt before the deadline in 10 days, and they wait until the offseason, the Celtics would have to offer Jason Tatum. You offer Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and probably Terry Rozier plus maybe the Kings pick or Clippers pick that that they own, the Grizzlies pick, they own all of those. You include one or two of those in there. You get Anthony Davis, pair him up with Kyrie, uh, Gordon Hayward, who's not playing good right now. He's really not a good a good player this season. But maybe when he gets more time to recover, usually after a leg injury like that, it takes two years for you to come back to top form. So you'd have Horford, Irving, Anthony Davis. You'd still have Jalen Brown. Or not Jalen Brown. You'd probably still have Marcus Smart. That would be a solid, that would be a really good team. Best team in the East. Um, That's the most likely trade if he's going to go to the Celtics in the offseason. And then the Lakers, which I think is the most likely. I think it's going to happen within the next 10 days. It's Magic Johnson. He's under the spotlight right now. He's got to get this done. Right now, the starting point, reports say, is Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, or Avicii Zubac, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and a couple first-round picks. That's the starting point for this deal. Brandon Ingram's not even included in the in, the, in this initial offer. The Pelicans, I guess, don't want Brandon Ingram or just don't see a fit for him. Regardless, he hasn't been playing that well this season. I wouldn't want him. But I think the Lakers are going to have to put Kyle Kuzma in the deal. Ideally, I wouldn't want to, but I think they're going to have to in order to get Anthony Davis. I think you have to pull that trigger. So I would do Lonzo Ball. Probably Brandon Ingram as well. Lance Stevenson to kind of match salary. Avicii Zubac. Kyle Kuzma. But if you can get away with maybe doing Josh Hart instead of Kuzma, that would be good. And then two first round picks for 2019 and 2021. Because you can't trade back-to-back first round picks. Um, I think that's the most likely deal that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen within the next 10 days. And one key element here that we can't forget about is that a lot of people are going to want to include Contavious Caldwell-Pope in the deal to match salary. And right now, I don't think that's smart. 
that's not a smart idea because if you keep him on the books, he's got an expiring contract. If you keep him on the books and you trade away all these other guys, you then in the offseason have Anthony Davis, you let go of Caldwell Pope. That That's going to free up a, a lot of extra money and you can have 30 plus, I think it's $31 million in cap space to go after one additional superstar to pair up, well, really to form a trio with Anthony Davis and LeBron. You can go after a guy like Kyrie Irving. You can go after Kawhi Leonard if he wants to go to the Lakers or Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson is really interesting too because. Clay Thompson said if he is not offered the max by the Warriors and the Lakers have Anthony Davis, he would strongly consider signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's who I would sign if I was the Lakers. But keeping Caldwell Pope is vital in the trade process because you need to be able to free up that money to go after a third superstar in the offseason and form the NBA's next super team. I think that's the most likely scenario is that trade right there, including Kyle Kuzma. I think that's that's what's going to have to happen. I think Magic Johnson is under a spotlight right now. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to feel very pressured to get this done. Otherwise the Celtics might swoop in, in the off season to be, and, and do it. Um, He's going to have to offer his... He's going to have to put all the chips on the table right now. Or otherwise, he's failed as a... As a... He's a president of basketball operations, I think. Getting LeBron was a huge success, but... I think he's failed if he can't bring another superstar to pair up with LeBron. I think that's just going to be a big failure and he really and there's a lot of talk with tampering right now the pelicans really want the nba to strictly enforce tampering rules magic johnson's been guilty of tampering before with paul george he never likes he never he can never be quiet so and, and there's talks right now that magic johnson could potentially be involved in more tampering or with lebron james so players just Players and everybody just need to keep their mouth shut if they want this deal done to be able to bring in Anthony Davis. Otherwise, like to me, tampering, I think, is just unacceptable. I think that's inexcusable and I think that's fireable. I don't care if it's Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan or Jerry West. Tampering is fireable. Like, just wait. If you if you know you can get a guy, just wait and go get him don't talk to him he's under contract it doesn't make any sense but yeah i mean i think that's the most likely scenario the lakers are gonna have to put all the chips on the table right now they've got the best odds to get him and if they and with this deal they would free up a lot of roster spots they would be able to sign Melo. they would sign Melo if a roster spot opened so carmelo anthony would be on the squad he would likely start, I would assume, with Ingram and Kuzma gone. And I would project the starting lineup to be Rajon Rondo, 
Josh Hart, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and Anthony Davis. Or maybe if you want to bring Carmelo off the bench, you can have maybe JaVale McGee play with Anthony Davis. I'm not sure if that's something you would want to look into or not. But, I mean, we just have to wait and see if the deal happens first. It may not happen, but I think Magic Johnson feels very pressured right now to make it happen. We'll see. And this is this could be one of those inst- instances too. Instances, if I can talk, where the NBA actually may veto the trade. It may be completely fair and completely just, but because of the tampering stuff, it could be a thing where the NBA may not allow it to happen. And that would be on Magic Johnson. That would be his fault. Plain and simple. I think that is definitely a possibility. Or else, you know, the Lakers could get stripped of a draft pick or have a heavy fine, something. I don't know. We'll see. Not totally, totally sure what's going to happen, but I think the Lakers right now, they're in the driver's seat. And they have an opportunity here, if they get Anthony Davis, to be able to go after a guy like Clay Thompson, Kyrie, Kawhi. I don't think Kawhi is... Kawhi, I think, is going to go. I think Kawhi is probably going to stay. Either stay in Toronto or go to the Clippers. I'm going to say he's probably going to go to the Clippers. Uh, Kevin Durant is going to go to the... New York Knicks. I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers. Kevin Durant's going to go to the Knicks. And then, really, I think it boils down to Clay Thompson and Kyrie Irving. Right now, I would prefer to go after Clay Thompson because of his shooting. But also, Kyrie is great friends with Anthony Davis. He's obviously played with LeBron and won a championship with LeBron. That would be a good fit as well. Um, but preferably, I just I just love Clay Thompson a lot more. Um, and then if those guys don't work out and you can't get one of those guys to come, Kemba Walker's even an option. Kemba Walker's having an outstanding year and he's an all-star. A um, lot of avenues that you can go in free agency to uh, get that third star, but it's Really important to just get this deal done first. If you have to unload all the chips to get Anthony Davis and and maybe overpay a little bit, then that's what you got to do. It's what you got to do to keep other teams from getting him. It's very similar to that to the Amari Cooper trade with the Dallas Cowboys uh, this season. The Cowboys paid a, a first round pick for him. A lot of people thought it was a overpay. And it may have been, but when other teams are offering a second-round pick, especially your division rival, the Eagles, you kind of have to up your price or up your – you have to be willing to pay more to be able to keep other teams from from getting a player like that. And so the Lakers, I think, are going to have to take a similar approach here, kind of put all the chips on the table more than you want to, but you're going to have to do it to be able to keep anyone else from getting – one of the league's best players in Anthony Davis and 
And then from there, go after your third star. All right, so that's it for me for this Tuesday's episode, episode 57. Kind of a shorter episode, but like I said, there's just not a whole lot of stuff going on. But big announcement, I'm going to be on YouTube. So what I'm going to do is just cut up bits and pieces of, of the podcast. And I'm going to do short videos, short segments of about five or six minutes. Put those on YouTube and we'll do probably two videos a week where I just pull, you know, the best segment from the show uh, off off the podcast. Put it in, put it on YouTube and do that for both episodes during the week. And it should be a lot of fun and it could be a way to to create, uh, get more listeners and kind of just grow this brand a little bit, man. So, but that's it for me for this week. Make sure you check out, uh, check me out on YouTube. Just search the Will Ford show on YouTube. You'll be able to find me. Um, and we'll see you this coming Friday in episode 58. It's WFS.